Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time podcast presented exclusively on the Chop Sports channel of the Premier Streaming Network. We are recording this on Monday, June 12th. I am your host, Laurent Cortines. In this episode, the season has ended. Manchester City are Champions League winners and have won the treble as English champions, FA Cup champions, and European champions. It's a big deal. I'm here in New York with my family. Uh, Just thought I wanted to get something out to you guys. So if the sound is a little bit weird, that's where it comes from. If the video is a little bit weird, that's where it comes from. We have to do what we have to do, and the show must go on. And I know that you guys understand. So thank you so much. Um, Again, before I get into it, please like, share, and subscribe. This is the last episode of the season. This is the last episode for at least a month. I may pop in to talk transfers, but uh, please, I want to have a great season. And I thank all of you guys from the bottom of my heart. And it means everything if you can share, subscribe, and join the show so that we can grow. Now, Manchester City are Premier League champions. I know you really just want my feelings. So uh, I watched this game in the beer house on 45th Street in Manhattan, New York, with 20 of some of my dearest friends. We have Fred Sarasso. Thank you for hosting the 20th annual soccer hooligan day and for all the boys who always show up in their kits for pablo showing up from ukraine for bramlage for showing up for egg for always showing up and brian and the rest of the team joe maniach uh so many good times josh uh harold um just fantastic and you know it means the world to be able to spend the the greatest sport moment of my life with my friends And if I'm emotional, it's because this is what football does. It connects you through space and time to moments. I'll always know where I was when City won the trouble. I'll always know who I was with. I'll know who I hugged. I know everything that happened. And this game is not about the X's and O's for me today. It's more about what it means to be a City supporter, what it means to have gone through all the times, all the attacks, all the jokes, all the 115 accusations, all the year ruining football, all the attacks, everything that anyone can say about Manchester City or Oil Chester, Sheikh Manchester is a fraud, all those things. Now, in the moment, you cannot take them away from us. You cannot take it away from City supporters. You cannot ruin this moment because I felt it, I saw it, It was real. So on the rational front, yes, they can take the moments away by law. You cannot take away what was felt, how much joy and relief there was, how much joy and relief the players have had. I've spent the last three days kind of processing it and taking it all on and figuring out what it means to be a city supporter, what it means to do football content when your club is the club that's on top. I'm sure historically there were other clubs that did things like this, but today and this weekend has been City's day. And um, it means everything. You put everything into supporting your club if you're doing it the right way. If you're just doing it like a fan, like an American or whatever, 
I, I do have a deep sort of connection to Manchester City. Part of my personality is the sort of darkness that the traditional city supporter had, the typical city, the never us, the why are we always going to lose? Why are, why are we living in the darkness? And that's part of what connects me to city, which is, is that older ethos, pre-takeover ethos of what can go wrong will go wrong. We will lose. We will spend a whole season, not half a season, not scoring a goal under Stuart Pierce. We will blow the FA Cup. We will get knocked out. We will find ways to lose and end up in the first division and end up with Gillingham and end up, you know, buying the wrong players, having the wrong owner uh, from uh, the the prior Shinivasan, or sorry, the the Thai owner who really didn't have the money was just a fraud and ended up going to jail and tried to hide his money in Manchester City. All those things are real, and all those things are part of being a city supporter. And if you're new, that's fine. I don't I don't have any of that. You're new, you're old, whatever. Sure, I can say I only watched City regularly from 2010. That's true. It wasn't on. I would have loved to have watched City, but in my heart, it was in me. I was a blue before I even knew I was a blue. Uh, it was in my in my ethos, the the sort of dark side of Manchester, the the love of the Smiths, the love of the music, the love of the Hacienda, all the history, all of it. I was a Mancunian before I knew it. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous. And this isn't about the game and it's about me, but I'm giving it to you the way that it matters to me. And so this is what the treble means to me. It's a validation of a feeling for my club and what it means, what it means to be a city supporter, what it means to me to be a city supporter. It's everything. It's all the music. It's all the studying. It's all Stone Roses. It's all Manchester. It's all Manchester. It's meeting Mancunians and feeling connected to them through the club, through the blues, and then the football uplifting me and giving me moments to bind to those people even more. So even though I've never been to the city of Manchester Stadium, I've never been to the Etihad, I know that I will go. I know that it's my home. And I know that I'm going to go there knowing that city are treble champions. And that's uh, the feeling part of this uh, <laughs> of this report. The game itself was a Champions League final. The last five have finished 1-0, and this one was no different. It finished 1-0. First half, you know, City were bad. They weren't good. I thought Inter were great. Um, they showed the fight and tenacity of what you'd expect from an old club that is a European champion, that has a treble under their belt, that has the away support, that understands what a Champions League final means. You know, a nil-nil, they play like they're winning and going to win a title. And so City had to overcome that. And I think the players, it got to them. The first half was rough. Kevin De Bruyne goes off after a half hour. Uh, he, you know, his hamstring, he said, had been hurting for a month. And there it went. Goodbye, Kevin De Bruyne. And so uh, that's where City were just sort of getting through the half, not really creating anything. Kyle Walker's not in there. Not much is really happening. Second half, a bit better, not a tremendous amount better. Um, and then I think 10 minutes before the Rodri goal, there was a big chance for Inter. And Inter were great and played this as 
well as you can on our worthy opponent and probably didn't deserve to lose. This would be a great regular season result where they got a draw and they probably deserved a draw, but this is a final. Uh, and City did create a chance. Um, it came on an attack from Akanji, running through the midfield, sort of breaking the lines of Inter's stout and tight defense. They were starting to get tired. It's on to Bernardo Silva, who jinks and jigs and causes problems. And the space opens up at the in the top of the 18-yard box into the box. Rodri cometh the time, cometh the moment. Rodri fires it in, as we've seen him do several times before. The Aston Villa game comes up. I think there's a Leicester game where he scored a goal like that. And it goes in and seems um, a level of relief that I had that was beyond a level of trust that I had in City that I knew we could see out a 1-0. I knew it. It was in me. This team is different. This is a defensive City. This is a solid City. And they did have to suffer. Inter towards the end, or towards the end there, City did have better chances. Phil Foden was in on goal. Also in the first half, Erling Holland had really only one chance. And he was almost a decoy. Things were cagey. It was a tactical game trying to find space, trying to battle through. And when you're in the group bar environment uh, with the TVs on and people yelling and beers coming in and shots flying in, you can't really feel the technical nuance of it. But I listened to overall and I could see what was happening. Uh, it was that really clogged center that, that the midfield of Inter really put on a show, were able to stop everything. They really pressed City high. And City weren't able to get into their stuff, especially with the jitters and nerves. City are very much about precision and feel and flow. And in that stadium, in that environment, City just couldn't get going for the first half. And were able to control large parts of the game, still had more possession. But uh, Inter really had the better chances and were more composed. Um, they did not create much until the end. Uh, Lartaro had a shot when he was on a side goal, probably could have squared it. Didn't, took the shot. Ederson pretty much saved it pretty easily. There was a shot later on off the bar, a scramble in the goal mouth uh, that went off the bar, off a shin. Uh, of course, Diaz was there. There were some mistakes in there. And then in the terms of control and who the standout players for City were, were of course, again, John Stones, Johnny, Johnny Stones. Cometh the man, cometh the time. What a mature player. What a player who's suffered and had hard times under Pep. I don't think he's ever played 30 goals, 30 games in a season under Pep. Always would have really good runs, then get a hamstring and miss 15 games. And Laporte would come in and, and he'd be a bit part. and He'd be part of the Otamendi Stones pairing. And then that season didn't quite work. And he see, always seemed to be five steps forward, three steps back, three steps forward, one back. 10 games in, then a hurt. And this season, after uh, Pep sort of discovered the Beckham, the Barnsley Beckenbauerness of John Stones, he was able to take over and really be City's best player uh, in the second half, along with Foden. I thought everyone else was really pretty poor. This might have been City's worst performance of the year, but it doesn't matter. Uh, this is what finals are like. This is why I was afraid. This really brought in all the fears and worries that I had about what could happen in a city game and all of it did. Um, but it was still fantastic. It was still a dream. At full time, I wept. I cried. The suffering, the relief, 
the fact that we'd done it, that it wasn't going to be another season of saying you can't win the Champions League. There wasn't going to be another season of are you the best? Are you the worst? All that's left is you cheated. We cheated. Okay, we cheated. Cheated to do what? Cheated to do what? Really, folks, think about what the accusations are against City. It's inflating revenue so that they can spend the money they inflate because of a rule that is designed for regulatory capture. You can fight about whether it's right or wrong, whatever. Ultimately, City bent rules so that they could dethrone Manchester United and spend money to win trophies just like this. And from being in League One 25 years ago, City are in the conversation for the greatest team in European football and definitely the greatest team in England. Over this period, City will represent what dominance means. City will represent what precision, passion, and mentality are. This is City's time. This is what football looks like now. And you can hate it, and that's up to you. But you shouldn't begrudge City fans. Because if anyone has been here since before the takeover, this is a local club. This is a club that is loved. This is a club that is cared for. This is a club that means everything to the people of East Manchester. And when people attack the club and the players, you're, you're really hurting people. It's real. Like it, the club means something. And it's not their fault that the process that happened this way and that, you know, Manchester City got swept up in global politics of oil and who gets to be wealthy and who gets to spend money and when they get to spend it and who's, whose atrocities are worse depending on when they did it and who gets to say that they're the good guys or the bad guys. And right now it's the Middle East, but it was England and it was the colonial, you know, whatever it is. I'm not here for that. But City fans get to have their moments. And the players are swept up in that. And the players get to have their moments. And we should appreciate the football that we've seen and acknowledge that this is the best team anyone's ever seen for a generation. It's Pep's Barca, and now it's Pep's City. Um, there's really not something in between in terms of influence, in terms of power, in terms of precision, in terms of mentality. You know, Real would be the other club of the decade in terms of they're winning all those Champions League under Zidane, but they weren't really great in the league and they really didn't tactically innovate and they really sort of just lived for moments with great players, which is what Real should do. But this is something else. This is a collective spirit, a single focus of us against the world and City taking it on. Um, I don't really want to talk too much more today because I'm on the road in New York with my family, but I wanted to reach out and make sure that we connected to each other for a final episode of the season. I'll probably do another one, but I'm just going on my phone just because I don't want to blow the, ex the, the exit of the show. Uh, thank you to every single person who's listened to the show, every single person who's listened to the WhatsApp group, every conversation I've had on Twitter. Thank you to Karta Krishnire for the, and the gaffer, uh, Chris Harris, on the World Soccer Talk Show. Thank you to the Totally Football Show, uh, uh, James Richardson, uh, Ollie, Ollie Saylor, uh, all the guys on there. 
thank you to uh, Robbie Musto and Robbie Earl, whose podcast is an inspiration. And I take your shows and I try and put them as part of my shows. And if you want to listen to great shows, please feel free to do it because um, the two Robbie's podcast, the Totally Football Show, World Soccer Talk, um, uh, Let Me Talk podcast, the Blue Moon podcast with Dave Mooney, just great. Anything with Sam Lee, the Atlantic, the TIFO football podcast. All those guys are great. Joe Devine, JJ Bull, um, all the great Alex, all the great folks that, that make this podcast possible because I take inspiration from you. And I hope that other folks will listen to those shows in addition to mine. Um, and I'm going to say goodbye one more time for the season. That is the 2023 football season at the end. Please watch the Women's World Cup. Please follow along in the summer. And that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports channel presented exclusively by the Premier Streaming Network. We record on Mondays and Thursdays, all 306 days of the Premier League season. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, Please rate and review the show. It means everything to us. And thank you guys. I love you guys. Enjoy your summer and love your football.